But today, we're announcing a contract that we have entered with an outside vendor that I believe can help us catch up on our claims. Remember when Kentucky's governor said that? It was more than a year ago now, and he was talking about a backlog of unemployment claims. Well, the state says it's handled a vast majority of the millions of claims filed during the pandemic. But as WDRB business reporters Katrina Helmer and Chris Ott reveal, the system is far from caught up. From the digital journalists of WDRB.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. Welcome to Uncovered by WDRB News. My name is Katrina Helmer, and I'm here with my colleague Chris Otts. Chris, how's it going? Going well, Katrina. Thank you, as always, for stepping in and hosting. Today, we're going to discuss a story we've worked on together recently about Kentucky's continued problems with unemployment. Chris, unemployment has been a big problem throughout the pandemic, but what prompted this particular story? Let's go back to last summer, a year ago. The problems with the unemployment system were just overwhelming in Kentucky. Um, thousands of people were having trouble getting their claims dealt with, didn't know why they weren't getting paid. Now, restaurants and bars in Kentucky have been ordered to immediately stop serving dine-in customers. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir is taking new steps to stop the spread. He announced today that he's asking all child care centers to close by close of business this Friday. Or so many jobs were eliminated quickly because of the pandemic. Uh, the federal government had expanded unemployment, made it available to people who wouldn't be eligible otherwise, made it $600 more per week for everyone, which caused a lot of people to want to get it. And Kentucky was completely overwhelmed with claims. State offices were still closed back then, but there were these few opportunities uh, to get in-person help in Frankfurt and people just flocked. I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people. The people in the line behind me, guys, lined up for unemployment help about 8 o'clock this morning. Nod your head. Yeah, that's right what we talked about. They started way back there. There are hundreds of people waiting for hours out in the sun and the heat, desperate to get help with their claims. Elizabeth, lines have looked like this all day here at the Cabinet for Health and Family Services in Frankfurt. People doing their best to pass the time, waiting to get paid. On top of that, an extremely old system was in place, uh, and the unemployment office in Kentucky was understaffed, and they were struggling to deal with this. And I'm going to be devastated if they can't help today. This is the new in-person Kentucky unemployment line. Some traveling hours and staying at a So Governor Andy Bashir decides it's time to make a bold move. All right. It is four o'clock on our first uh, weekly Team Kentucky update. We are going and to be says doing that this every he has a solution. Uh, but today we're announcing a contract that we have entered with an outside vendor that I believe can help us catch up on our claims. From March, He's hiring April, this firm. 
named By Ernst and Young, an accounting firm, uh, well-known. They're going to put 300 people on the case. You know, he, Bashir says he could never staff up that quickly with state employees, so he's turning to contractors, and he was going to get caught up. But this is our best chance in the short term to help as many people out there as we can. And we believe the process that they will use will help prioritize the oldest claims and get them resolved uh, first. Get this backlog of jobless claims solved so that the state could at least get to a point where it was processing new claims coming in and not working to deal with claims that have been sitting around for months and months. So we think that's exciting news. You know, it's, it's doing what's necessary. It took us a while to, to get uh, uh, this contract negotiated, something that... Uh, and Bashir even laid out a specific but, goal but it's, to it's get all the claims from the first three months of the pandemic. That's March, April, and May of 2020. He said a year ago that by the end of July of 2020, that those claims would be dealt with entirely, you know, with the help of this new contractor. And, and not just hopefully catch up on those months, but if we're moving fast enough uh, to catch up on the fact that we have so many claims filed every single day, uh, let's get absolutely current. Well, here we are a year later, and, and this is what caused us to go back and look at this. Um, the backlog of new claims that have not been adjudicated has only grown during this time as more months have gone by and more claims have stacked up. And even that more modest goal that I talked about of getting the ones from the first three months of the pandemic cleared up by the end of July of 2020, not 2021, that goal had not been met. So as of June of 2021, state figures show that there are still 10,000, almost 10,000 claims from those first three months of the pandemic, Katrina. And that includes even 44 in March of 2020 that are still in this kind of pending status. And they've now given us some metrics about how many of these they think are fraudulent or not fraudulent. And in the claims from March of 2020 at the start of the pandemic, uh, 40 of those 44 are presumed to be not fraudulent. In other words, legitimate claims. So you know, these markers that the governor laid out a year ago have not been remotely close to met. And we thought it was important to go back and check and say, hey, this is what the governor said a year ago. And here we are today um, not having achieved what he said was going to be achieved. And with this problem still affecting so many Kentuckians. So, Chris, the governor seemed pretty confident a year ago that the state was going to get, quote, caught up on unemployment claims. So why didn't this happen? Well, we know Ernst & Young worked for the state and dealt with you know, something like 160,000 claims uh, through the end of 2020 when they decided to you know, not renew that relationship. And the firm got about $15 million dollars 
of payments in a series of contracts from the state. So if you ask the governor why is this still a problem, at the start of the pandemic back in 2020, he was really effusive about saying, I'm the guy at the top and the buck stops with me and I ultimately own accountability for, for the unemployment system. But there's really been a change in how he deals with these questions in you know, the last six months or so. Now he reflexively talks about decisions that were made before his time. You've been trying to catch up for more than a year, not been able to catch up. Why not? And what's next? Well, this is um, an unfortunate example of what happens when we don't support our safety nets when times are good. And last administration, um, leadership from the same General Assembly in last sessions. So, for example, um, cutting 90 positions from the unemployment office, which happened under his predecessor, Republican Matt Bevin, or previous legislatures not um, fixing the decades, decades old IT system that runs the unemployment system in Kentucky. I didn't upgrade an IT system that was put in place before I was born. It is pre-DOS. And that being long overdue and the system being totally outmatched by the pandemic. Bashir sort of turns this into a um, I'm just playing the hand I'm dealt issue and says that you know, when you don't keep up your infrastructure, this is what you get. This is um, the fruits of not tending to basic government services, uh, not maintaining them, not investing in them. You've got to invest when times are good so that when we have historic levels of claims, we also don't have one of the smallest offices for unemployment in our history with the most outdated IT system that's there. Uh, now we are working and working and working through those claims. Lately, Bashir has you know, focused on a different approach of getting people back into the state employment offices so that uh, they can meet face-to-face -face with claimants who are having problems with their claims. That's why more and more in-person services are opening up, and we're going to continue to do that. More of our people are vaccinated. More people out there that need help are vaccinated. So what you're going to but, see is, you know, those appointments are in high demand. They're snapped up within 10 minutes of coming available every day. You still have to wait weeks before getting in. And when you do get in, a lot I've heard from a lot of people who sit down and they say, well, we can't, you know, your claim is in limbo and somebody needs to call you, but uh, I can't do anything about it. This situation has had such a big impact on so many Kentuckians during the pandemic. It seems like we hear from people having problems every single day, even more than a year later. Let's talk about one of those people. All right. My first name is Adriana, A-D-R-I-A-N-A, -A Petty. Adriana Petty is a 36-year-old Louisville mom who has a story that is pretty typical for the pandemic. Well, I got laid off from my job at Sprint and back in August of 2020. Um, after that, I filed for unemployment right the next following day. I got the approval letter, letter from the unemployment office and how much I was going to get. 
couple of weeks later, the my my claim goes under investigation. She's one of, according to the state statistics, six thousand claims from August, almost a year ago, that have still not been dealt with, and she didn't ever get that unemployment um, that she was owed and that she paid into or that employer paid into on her behalf. Well, first of all, I'm disappointed in the state, you know, that they would treat us this way, especially when my employer pays into the unemployment and, you know, um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I had to take out a 401k um, just to cover that. Um, ever since, uh, since I've had, you know, I found a job, started working. In December, she yeah. found a new job uh, and, and started working again. She needed a work-from-home situation because her kids, who attend Jefferson County Public Schools, you know, were not in school. The school system did not go back um, during most of the school year. And then at the end, they came back for a few days a week, but kids were still mostly at home because I didn't have childcare um, for my two kids. So that was a big issue that I couldn't find a job during that time and not getting any money during that time. Um, you know, I had to find other ways to find a, you know, to be able to make it. You know, She had to dip into her 401k to make ends meet. And to be sure, I've spoken with a lot of people who don't even have those retirement savings or any savings to fall back on. They're losing uh, their homes and their cars, et cetera. So she's not as worse off as a lot of the people that we've spoken to, but her claim is in this limbo. First, she was under investigation and, and she didn't know why. And then her status changed to unknown. Um, an even more ominous designation. And she had an in-person appointment at the unemployment office, and they told her, well, because of the way you answered uh, a question many, many months ago, uh, you might be under this other program called pandemic unemployment, which is for you know people having to deal with childcare issues, et cetera. Uh, and her situation, as when we spoke to her still, had not been worked out. She doesn't know if she will ever see this money. And no, they keep giving me the runaround. We need to let this other person, whoever it is, to fix the issue. So, yeah, it was very disappointing when they told me, you have to wait another four to six weeks before this is, you know, resolved, which I have no, I don't And she was approved for the maximum oh, yeah, state benefit of $569 a week. She's missed out on quite a lot of money because uh, of the administrative problems with the unemployment system. Chris, Kentucky isn't the only state having problems with unemployment benefits, though it doesn't seem like we hear about it nearly as much in other states. Is there a way to put this in perspective? Yeah, Katrina, this is one of my real... One of the challenges of reporting on this topic. Um, so those numbers that I gave you about the backlog of claims, you know, that's just something that Kentucky produces. It's not a 
any sort of federal standard definition of anything. So I can't go and say, well, you know, how many backlog claims are there in Indiana or in Tennessee? We know most other states have uh, much more sophisticated systems. And anecdotally, we just aren't hearing about as many problems in our border states. I mean, I'm sure there are problems in Indiana, but I've maybe taken one or two calls over the whole pandemic. And in Kentucky, I take, you know, probably one or two people a day that I hear from on average who are having problems with Kentucky's system. So there's not good metrics on what we want to know. There are some metrics that a group called the Century Foundation made a dashboard and has been analyzing. And if you look at those, you know, Kentucky ranks pretty poorly, you know, in the bottom 10 of states in terms of, you know, how long it takes to get people uh, approved um, for, you know, just a determination and then how long it takes to get someone their first check. Um, Most states aren't even meeting the federal standards for those things, uh, but Kentucky is well below average in recent months. And in fact, you can see that the um, performance on those metrics really eroded right at the start of the pandemic and has recovered a bit, but is still not anywhere close to where it needs to be. So lots of people want to know what is being done to fix the situation in Kentucky. Mr. Secretary, I think you're... uh this may be your last appearance before uh, yes uh, chairman weber i think this may be my my last opportunity and your last opportunity to to ask some questions and uh, we'll try our best to to answer all the questions you do you covered a hearing in the legislature last month what did you learn the executive director for unemployment insurance yeah that was the first meeting of a group that's called uh, the unemployment task force and they are looking at the future of the system and unfortunately we really didn't learn a lot during that meeting and if you can tell from the tenor of my story i mean i was just kind of disappointed Um, at the questions that the legislators asked. I was expecting, since most of them are Republicans and um, Bashir has been sort of beaten up over this issue, I was expecting some more pointed, um, sharper questions than were asked. You know, we, we didn't really hear about what's going on currently with all the continuing problems. You know, things like is the unemployment office staffed adequately? The only question about the unemployment office staffing was from uh, a representative who wanted to know why they're adding people to the unemployment office, given that the unemployment rate is coming down. And I'm thinking, have you not taken any calls from your constituents about uh, about problems uh, getting unemployment benefits? Uh, so we did learn a few things in in that hearing. You know, one is that the ultimate fix for the system, of course, is to totally rebuild it. And the Secretary of Labor, who runs the unemployment system, Larry Roberts, said that they're in the final stages of choosing the contractor who is going to redo the unemployment system and start from scratch and, and have a brand new IT system which, of course, would solve 
almost all the problem. I mean, that should make everything better. But that is two or three years away from being implemented. So no one who's having problems now is going to benefit from this new system. And this is a project that he said could run $60 million. Another thing, Katrina, is that the unemployment officials, the people who actually run the unemployment system, like the director of the unemployment office, Buddy Hoskinson, uh, and the secretary, Larry Roberts, uh, they are never available for interviews. They're not made available to the press. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of reporters have been frustrated about the Bashir administration. So we only get to ask about unemployment from the governor himself in briefings that are not focus solely on unemployment and you just you can't learn everything you need to learn in those kinds of settings uh, there's not the opportunity for a follow-up or an in-depth discussion of what's going on so at this hearing i thought well maybe i'll finally get to speak with the people who actually deal on the ground with the system every day and I was at the front of a throng of reporters who kind of chased these guys down the hallway when they were done testifying. And I said, uh, hey, Secretary Roberts, you have a minute for, for the press. You know, we've got a lot of questions. And he just turned around and said, rather not. And he and Hoskinson turned around and walked briskly away, um, despite my pleas for them uh, to please stop and take a few questions. You know, one of the things I'd really like to know, for example, Katrina, is what is the staffing of the unemployment office? We know that the governor got approval to hire back the 90-something people that the Bevan administration uh, cut from, uh, from the office, but the legislature... Uh, being controlled by Republicans. Uh, I talked with State Senator Chris McDaniel, the budget chair for the Senate Republican Caucus, and he said they don't want to permanently expand state government by adding uh, positions to the unemployment office. So they gave Bashir the 90 people that he wants, but they said you can do that with federal funding. Um, and the question now is, have they hired those people? And what is the progress in bringing those people on? And there may be an issue with that because uh, state government jobs, regular state government jobs, have this kind of entitlement to, uh, you know, to a job guarantee if your job is eliminated. And so uh, these federal jobs that, that they've made for the unemployment office don't have the same guarantee. That's one of the points that Bashir has brought up recently that it's harder to hire for those types of jobs because state employees want to keep their state guaranteed. So we got to tell anybody coming in right now that we can't guarantee their job and the funding for it for a period of time. So what we need is the General Assembly in this next session to do what we ask in this last budget, give us permanent uh, general fund dollars to hire the workforce we need. So, you know, what's the progress of hiring? How many have been hired so far? Do you know the numbers? I need to pull the numbers for you. No, I don't know them offhand. How many people are really needed to run this system correctly or to, just to be able to reach somebody on the phone, which so many um, people tell me is such a hard thing to do uh, with with unemployment or have people respond to your emails that you send? You know, people talk about a black hole of not being able to ever talk to anybody um, in the system or to have 
appointments available or even unemployment offices where you could go in and just talk with somebody. There's enough people there that you don't even have to make an appointment. The state has reopened these offices. They are taking in-person appointments. And so some people are getting help. And people, there are just less people claiming unemployment benefits. Um, you know, the general trend is down as the economy recovers. Uh, but I just think the level of service is still frustrating uh, to a great deal of people. And it almost seems like everyone uh, in government, whether it's the Bashir administration or the Republicans who run the legislature, it's just kind of resigned to where we are. Like it's like there's not going to be any more efforts to improve from here until there is a wholly new system. And that is years away. Chris, Governor Bashir often talks about being, quote, done with politics and not acting politically. But this whole unemployment crisis probably has political ramifications for him. Well, it's hard to predict what's going to be an issue in the next governor's race, which isn't until 2023. But I can tell you that, you know, a day after our story about it's been one year and the unemployment problem is still as big as it ever was, the Republican Party of Kentucky seized on that and put out a press release um, highlighting um, the governor's inability to get a handle on this problem. It seems as though a lot of Republicans are just hammering him, trying to show this as an example of incompetence and ineffective leadership. And if you just think about the number of people who have been impacted by this situation, I mean, there have been at least 700,000 people in Kentucky who have claimed unemployment benefits during the pandemic. Now, not all of them had problems, but surely all of them experienced a system that probably could be more user-friendly, even if they did get their payments. And I wonder about, you know, Bashir's strategy. It seems as though, uh, like I said, he kind of reflexively blames the, the situation that he inherited But frankly, I have been surprised um, not to see more efforts of late um, to get a handle, to try something new, um, to, you know, employ a different contractor or take some other like uh, unusual, extraordinary steps to get control of this issue instead of sort of seeming resigned to it and saying, well, this is the system that we have. Well, Chris, we've been following this saga for over a year, and we will keep following it. Thank you so much for your reporting and for joining me today. Well, thank you, Katrina, for stepping in and hosting. I appreciate the help, as always. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.